Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 And welcome back to the Rough Trade podcast. This week, Metronomy's Joe Mount is back on the podcast for the second time this year, this time to chat about album number six, Metronomy Forever, which arrives this September, Friday the 13th. Huge fans we are at Rough Trade, so much so that we're celebrating with a double in-store times two at both Rough Trade East and Rough Trade Bristol. The evening show at Rough Trade East is now sold out, but you can still snap up entry to the lunchtime show, which is happening on release day, Friday the 13th of September. The band then will hit up Rough Trade Bristol the following day on Saturday the 14th of September at 1pm and also 7pm. And tickets for both of those are available now at roughtrade.com slash events. Really, really super excited for those shows. Yeah, don't miss out. Going to be really, really special. Also this week, Rob is back for more reissue roundup coming up very shortly. And also, George is on holiday this week. But rest assured, we still have plenty of excellent new music to play you. So let's get right to it. This is Cigarettes After Sex and new single, Heavenly. The band are back with album two called Cry this October, but I will tell you a little bit more about that after this. Love 
Cigarettes after sex. So addicted to that song, I can't tell you. Um, and I can't wait to hear more from that record. Autumn is shaping up to be pretty nice indeed. You can pre-order Cry on Rough Trade exclusive grey vinyl right now at roughtrade.com. And yeah, we are very, very much looking forward to that one. Next up and out this week, Whitney are back with new album Forever Turned Around out via Secretly Canadian, an experimental and colourful follow-up to their much-loved 2016 debut. Speaking of which, also out this week, we have a Rough Trade exclusive version of Light Upon the Lake, the band's debut album, on Glow in the Dark vinyl. How about that then? I don't think I've seen one of those before. I might... um kind of get one out the sleeve and go into a dark room and give it a little go later on. Let me know if you've got that and what it's like. That'd be cool. But um, yeah, it's in store right now at rough, or at roughtrade.com. And it's also a Rough Trade Essential album. So all the more reason to add it to your collection. But back to the new record and we're going to play one from it. This is Whitney and Bally's My Love.
is Whitney, and you can grab that new LP on Forest Bark Vinyl. Forest Bark? I was thinking of bark as in a dog just then, thinking that's weird. But obviously it means the bark on the tree. But yeah, you can get that on Forest Bark Vinyl right now. Next, an album of the week at Rough Trade UK and Rough Trade US this week is awarded to Joan Shelley's beautiful Like the River Loves the Sea. Classic and poetic, a set that leans very lightly on Irish and English folk histories as well as Kentucky's bluegrass tradition. Bonnie Prince Billy also lends some guest vocals to this record and as a little side note, he also has a new album out this week. So... It's all going on. It really is. Um, But yeah, here's Joan and coming down for you. I'm coming down for you To where you fall to I'm coming down As you always knew I would No one taught you to pull in close When danger was near All your tender parts exposed Out there in the
that was Joan Shelley. Also out this week, don't forget to check out big hitters from Lana Del Rey, Boniver, and also Ezra Furman. Those of you who have listened to recent episodes will know how much love I have for Ezra and that album, Total Banger. And actually, if you are listening really, really closely, it's actually playing in the background. Um, so I feel like I'm up to start shouting a bit in a minute, <laughs> but we'll see how we go. Next and opposite end of the scale, and we are going to introduce the forthcoming new album from French post-metal band Alceste. This is their sixth album. It's called Spiritual Instinct, and it's personal, dark, and heavy, described by the band as a very cathartic record. We are really, really excited to have a Rough Trade exclusive white vinyl of this, up for pre-order now and arriving later this autumn. But here's one to get you going. This is new single, Protection.
that was Alceste. And next up, we have Rob. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Rob's Rough Trade Reissue Records Roundup, which I'm already beginning to regret naming because it takes about seven takes to get that right. Um, let's start off by looking at the Daisy Age, which has been compiled by master curator of the comps, Bob Stanley of St. Etienne, a professor of pop ears. And he turns his uh, attentions this time to New York in 1989, where he sort of jumps off De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising and sort of looks at a more positive time in hip hop with a lot of wit, a lot of uh, jazziness, a lot of soulfulness. This sounds like the summer of 1989 in Brooklyn. You know, the one on Do the Right Thing, which I, <laughs> I was for and I lived in Swindon. I've no idea. But this is the soundtrack to that. And you know what? We're sweltering here in London. So this provides us with the cooling down positive vibes that we need. Um, of course, we've got De La Soul. We've got A Tribe Called Quest. We've got Queen Latifah. We've got KMD. We've got Diggable Planets. We've got some tunes here that you'll remind yourself of how good they are. We've got some tunes that you'll go, oh, damn, I need to dig a little bit deeper. Um, Rough Trade, we're lucky enough to have an exclusive yellow vinyl edition of this. It's on double vinyl, double the fun. Um, so do, do pick that up now while it still lasts. And let's keep the summer going on forever. Now from an era which celebrated the sample to something of a sort of source material piece. Now, books and records are different things. You judge records by covers, and if you're flicking through loads, sometimes you just want something to catch your eyes. So high seer Don Walker certainly caught my eyes. And when it said much sampled space jazz, <laughs> I'm in. Rare groove classic, this is all I need, baby, to get me sucked in. Um, high seer Don Walker's Complete Expressions Volume 2. It's a nice little collection of, as I say, space jazz, but the breaks on this, it goes in Deep, and it does take you off to another little planet, which is always where we want to go with our space jazz. Um, not much that I know about this record, but it has been reissued by Demon Records, who were putting out a load of really, really good uh, deep soul records from um, from the Brunswick Records label. This week, next week, it could be uh, looking into Terry Gordy's label, Funk. Jazz, soul records, records that hit hard, records that will make you fall in love, those sort of records. They've released Skin I'm In by Chairman of the Board only a few weeks ago. That sounds like some lost um, Sly and the Family Stone record, and I think Sly actually had a bit of a hand in that. And also Ruth Copeland's uh, record that she did with uh, Parliament and Funkadelic. I don't need to tell you how good that is. Um, anyway, I want to play you something from High Seer Don Walker, and uh, if you are a keen uh, producer of hip-hop, you know, maybe uh, dig into this one. You might be able to find something to work with, and who knows, you could be, you could find yourself on the next... Uh, Daisy Age comp. Uh, this is a track called A Deal.
Thank you so, so much, Rob. Rob will be back in a couple of weeks' time following next week's Albums of the Month episode. Five to one now, and here's me having another very lovely time with Metronomy's super cool Joe Mount. So, Joe, welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. Hey. Hey. Good to be back. I know. I would ask you how you've been since we last saw you, but for obvious reasons, you've obviously been so busy. Oh, you know you know how I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on album number six. Thank you very much. That is yeah. mega. Called Metronomy Forever. Yeah. Um, it's out this September the 13th, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think when I had you in back in, I think it was February, Around the night's out anniversary, you did hint there was something on the way. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is awesome news. <laughs> awesome news. It's awesome news for me as well. Oh, <laughs> I've got to. I've got to admit. So when I first heard about the title of this record, I was kind of like, "Oh no, it sounds like a farewell album." Yeah. But um, I think since then, it's fairly safe to say that it's definitely not. But would I be perhaps right in referencing the word? legacy in relation to the record <laughs> well, like what kind well i mean yeah but i guess in perhaps like not the way you might think i don't know i used to so like when i was you know when i was getting into music and getting into a group like the the beatles you know like mm. i was when like i think when i can't remember how old i was like 12 12 13 and there was that um beatles anthology was on TV and it was like this super I don't know like exciting like if you're into music and you're into them and then you, there was this huge documentary basically yeah. like like making them into this thing like you know like a like 12 part series I don't know how long it was but like mm. basically the idea like they're the ultimate kind of band that have this like legacy or whatever and I think that that was something that I got really kind of obsessed by when okay. I got into music or the idea of it and I thought like okay so you want to have this like you want to you want to leave something behind. Anyway, what I realized is, is that I've been around for longer than the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around, like, and, and in fact, it's all, like, all of that stuff is so, um, it's kind of egotistical, you know? It's like, like the idea that people will care. Yeah. <laughs> like in 50 years. It's, it's just yeah. kind of like, you know, well, like, I don't know, I think, the importance that I that I used to place on that idea is completely like has just dissipated now, and and I realize that like so now, fans that we had ten years ago in my lifetime are now yeah. like are kind of like 
able to say like, oh, you were like, you really influenced me when I was young. It's like, well, that's kind of enough. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's kind of, it's like, it's the idea of, of, of like self-aggrandizing and realizing that it's like futile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you've said somewhere I've read about how putting too much importance on what you make sometimes yeah. isn't the best thing and you should maybe just let it go. I mean, I think, I just think it's that like, it's that thing. I mean, I think we have to, you have to get older to mm. to to have this kind of a shift, and I think you have to have a certain sort of frame of mind. But but I, yeah, I think recently, I've, what helped me make this record was was just realizing that it, like if I'm not enjoying making it, yeah. then like what am I doing? <laughs> like yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And 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 you can enjoy it on any number of of levels from it being like utterly superficial to being like I'm expressing myself in some kind of important way. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, I think I just feel like it doesn't really matter on what level you're, it's fulfilling you. you know, like if it does, then that's kind of more important than the finished record in yeah. a way. You know? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. When so your last record was out in 2016. Yeah. When did the kind of thoughts, feelings, ideas. When did you start creating this album? So it was, I mean, the idea originally was that it would, that, that Summer 8 would come out, we would not tour yeah. for a year, and then we'd come back doing festivals and we'd be playing new tracks from the new album. So okay. like, the idea was that it was would have been ready like a year after Summer 8, which mm -hmm. it kind of was. There was a version. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't as good as it is now. Um, so there was a kind of, that was the plan. Um, but then I was like super wrapped up in the Robin record, which kind of took over my life. Mm. Um, and there were changes at the record label and there were a few kind of quite mundane changes in how it was working and like how the label was working in other countries. And so it, like for many reasons, it just ended up being like, okay, well, I've got more time yeah. to make the record. So, yeah. so I kind of started it like, I guess I started it in one way. Or another three years ago. Okay. But I yeah like. It's been a little bit of a journey then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Although, like, like although, but they were really like it was that the weird thing was is that in that time, the Robin record happened. So it's like mm. so yeah, the journey was actually kind of more condensed than that three years because it was only last year that the Robin record was finally like out. So mm. well, yeah. This year, last year, end of last year, I can't remember. I oh, know it was. I think it was this year. Well, I think it was this year. Yeah, it was this year. It was. It's like was it? spring. No. I don't know. I think it was. It was near records today. I swear. I think it was. Uh, I think it was last year. Um, but I've been. Who knows? No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Robin knows. Yeah. Um. You mentioned that you went out and toured some of these songs. Um. I wanted to ask about. When you start playing like new songs on stage to to the crowd, mm. what was what's the response been? And do you, when you're looking at the record that you've made and the singles that you want to release mm. from it, do you kind of does the order in which you release them inform maybe the fact that you're going to be playing them live? Like lately, I imagine is obviously so much fun to play live. Yeah, I mean, like that was that ended up kind of being the first single because we'd been playing it live, so that was okay. a bit more of like a a back to front thing but my idea with that song was that it should be the first single and it's 
funny because you never really realize how, like, sometimes I don't really realize how much of an input I have in mm. the really, in, the, <laughs> like, in like what should be singles and stuff like right, that. Okay. But I think I remember feeling like that, that lately was a kind of like a really cool song for a kind of new proper record or whatever. Yeah. Um, I say, yeah, we were playing that live, but we were playing a couple of other songs which didn't end up on the album. And so now we're we're doing festivals and stuff like that, and we're playing like proper tracks from the album, mm. and they're they're going down really, really well. And I and I and I feel like I can see which songs will become kind of cool live moments. Yeah. I'm never really sure like how that kind of how that translates into into like picking singles and stuff because okay. I don't, I feel like I'm not very good at picking singles to be honest. <laughs> but, but I guess they, you get that little test run then I suppose before the album's out and everyone's fully aware of the songs you yeah, kind yeah. of play around yeah, yeah. and see what works and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's true and, and and it's kind of interesting that 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 some songs the the kind of ones which you don't I don't know it was it just takes me by surprise like sometimes yeah. how the the tracks which I think could be kind of cool end up being like super cool live. Mm. so yeah it's nice mm, definitely um so I wanted to ask you about this funny thing that someone said. So I had Temple. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really odd. I had the band Temples in like a couple of weeks ago and they said something. All of them in here. I had two, two okay, of them. Fair enough. But I've had like bands of five guys yeah, yeah. in here. Yeah. Sweaty, sweaty times. <laughs> um, but they said something that really interested me, which was that when they wrote their new record, they were kind of creating the album artwork in and around the same time. Mm-hmm. And actually when they finished... When the album artwork was finished and they looked at it, um, it kind of altered how they heard the songs on the record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I wondered if you'd ever had any experience of that and, like, how big a part was the artwork for Metronomy Forever in yeah. your project? Like, I, you know, I definitely, there's a there's a, there's a a time with a record, like, there's a point at which, you know, I will get a copy of the finished record mm. and I'll, like, pretend I'm I've just bought it you know what I mean like I'll yeah. kind of I'll kind of sit there and I'll like look <laughs> at the artwork and listen to it and and yeah it's true that you kind of it does it does it can yeah it definitely changes how how you how you think about the music because I think for a number of reasons one because like suddenly it becomes like a product mm. and and it's the mm. same way as like if you picked up like bottle of shampoo yeah. <laughs> and you like yeah. read it and smelt it and you're like oh yeah <laughs> um so that's kind of you know that's one thing but I think also you, you there's this weird moment when everything sort of kind of crumbles around you and you realize that you're the only one in the world who has such a kind of a kind of deep knowledge of everything about yeah. that product and, and you're yeah. like oh god hang on like someone's just going to pick this up and look at the artwork yeah. and like make a kind of judgment on it and then listen yeah. and, and and yeah I mean I think I've, I always find like it's never 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 do I kind of does it feel like a negative like never does that happen and you're like oh no <laughs> like <laughs> I chose the wrong picture yeah. but, but it is kind of you know it's curious I think yeah how much input did you have in I'm assuming you didn't draw it. But. I didn't draw it. No, no. It's, just, it's a, uh, a a French girl. She's called Anne Ziem, and she's like an illustrator, and and she did the, the the illustrations. And I mean, I guess the thing, so like part of the whole forever thing is that that I wanted to do this really kind of over the top 
album artwork yeah, and so like when yeah. you like it's a double album if you get the kind of nice version it's like a double album and there's like a four panel piece of artwork on the inside yeah. um and so it was a kind of like i had this idea about that how i wanted it to be like like the kind of primordial soup and metronomy they being like they we were, we were already here yeah <laughs> Um, and then she kind of had these lovely ideas about writing the the, the text in, in lava and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I feel like it's probably one of the nicest um, kind of collaborations that I've had on, for artwork. Yeah. Oh, wow. mm. yeah, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Thank you. And another piece de resistance for me is the <laughs> video for Salted Caramel Ice Cream. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> which I wanted to chat about because... <laughs> You were in the director's seat for this. Yes, although I didn't actually have a seat, which oh. I was pretty annoyed yeah. about. But. but were you directing from where you were standing? Yeah, like I guess there were bits where I was properly like able to be like a act like an actual director. Yeah. But yeah, obviously the bits where I'm in it, I wasn't. But yeah, yeah. How did you dream up the video? Because I, it's kind of really <laughs> simple in a sense, but. It's just so watchable. I've watched it about ten times <laughs> oh, in a good. row, and every time I watch it, you notice something different. Yeah, I actually, I quite, I'm quite proud of the level of like, of detail there is in that video. I mean, like the idea. I think we were, we were rehearsing in, uh, um, what's it called, Coco? Is it? No, not Coco. X O Y O. Okay. <laughs> Oxo. Yoxio. <laughs> and um, I think we went like I was. There were people. Some directors were sending in treatments, and I'd already done. The video for um, Walking in the Dark. Mm. You know, I'd already, I think I'd already done a couple of videos. And I didn't necessarily want to do the Salted Caramel Ice Cream one. But a lot of the ideas weren't kind of right. And then I was just kind of like chatting with Oscar about it. I said, oh, yeah, you know, you could just do this video like about uh, ice cream. Like you're an ice cream seller. And then there's like some kind of Ponzi gelato place. And it was just like this kind of like a bit of like we had this kind of brainstorm over um, over a uh, over a kebab at lunch, which isn't something I often do, okay. having a kebab at lunch. So maybe that was partly to do with it. Yeah. I'm not sure actually you're not supposed to say brainstorm either right, anymore. Anyway, we had a meeting. We ended up chatting about it. And um, and yeah, and then I think what you realize is like in the same way that with music, you can like the limit is your is your kind of. You you set your own thresholds mm. of like of what's possible and mm -hmm. like what's embarrassing and, and all that stuff with yeah. music and and I think with videos it's exactly the same thing like you have if you want to be able to explain everything then like cool but at the same time you can just be like you know people are like what what like why is that that and it's like well why not yeah. <laughs> like like it's quite a fun thing so I think the more we talked about it the more like the more the kind of ideas got got kind of funnier and I think yeah. I think maybe the, the first idea was me thinking like I just think it'd be really kind of funny if it was about the invention of salt caramel ice cream and I just like the idea of Oscar like mining for salt that was I think the <laughs> beginning idea really? <laughs> yeah I think so because like I was because what I, I mentioned in some other thing about this there's this Rammstein video for a song called Son Oh, is that and where they're them, like they're little in the, dwarfs mining? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And, and like they've all got like kind of black coal on their faces and stuff like that, and it looks really grim. And I thought like that'd be cool to do that like in a salt mine, but there's like 
power, like flower yeah. on yeah. their faces <laughs> and stuff, and it looks really like bright and yeah. nice. Yeah, so I think that was kind of the idea. It's like the Moomin version of the yeah. of the Ramstein video. Yeah. Okay, I love it. It is just so fun. Then you look at like the comments on YouTube. I was looking, and everyone was commenting about, "Oh my god, everyone's got such great haircuts," <laughs> yeah. and then you want to watch it again. It's so fun. I love it. Oh, well, I love thank it. You. Videos look like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's probably a good part of creating a new record. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that's the other thing is like, it feels a bit like, um, you know, I think for me, this record feels like very important in, in a kind of, like not in a legacy way, mm. but it feels important in terms of like, just in terms of now, like yeah. for us as a band, I think like for where we exist in like, music at the moment and and it just seems like oh well like if if you think it's really important then then you should kind of uh pay attention to everything mm -hmm. and and kind of have a real like you know like just be hyper uh I don't know, like um like binary almost like it's like okay this isn't this isn't right so like it's not happening yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like just being very i guess yeah. just having a kind of knowing what you want really yeah as a band that has a legacy and it's been around for a number of years <laughs> a number of years, number of years <laughs> do you feel the pressure to kind of put out the best of the best every time and kind of stay for want of a better word like relevant each time i think like i think totally yeah i mean i like the idea of not being the idea of being irrelevant <laughs> wow. is like yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. No, but 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 I mean the other thing that, that I've been I suppose talking about a lot with the music with about this record is is how um you know there's this thing that happens when you when you're starting your career and you're I don't know, well for me I was like in my early twenties, our audiences were kind of in their late teens. And mm. that so there's this kind of you're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah. And then as you get older, your audiences are kind of getting older too. But, you know, if if everything's working well, you should always be kind of getting young people excited about what you do. You know, like to me, to me, the game, <laughs> like <laughs> the game of the music game is about youth. Like that's what it's about. Okay. Like in terms of bands and and kind of, I think, like most... Like, I guess, like, I don't know how I would describe it, but in terms of, like, bands, yeah. that kind of thing, like, to me, it's about young people. Like, yeah. And the, the the only time in my life where I felt like music was the most important thing in the world and I felt like all my heroes were, like, musicians was when I was a yeah. teenager, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think as you get older, you're, like, you become more cynical and, like... Yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, to me, being relevant is is is, like... A kind of uh, priority or at least trying <laughs> because I'm not like you know I don't think we necessarily are or I necessarily am but at least I'm trying to be relevant. oh we think you are <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> uh, which leads me nicely on to that we have a rough trade exclusive version of your record yeah which is an orange vinyl yeah I actually think that we've sold out the pre-orders online good stuff which is amazing but People who have maybe missed out will be able to get it in the shops on the day yeah. of release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there are yeah. still a few nuggets out there. <laughs> um, but that's really exciting. I think also playing some installs with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember exciting. when, though. I you think it's actually on the day of the release, I think we might be playing. Yes, here. I think, yeah, you're playing Rough J.D. Sunday yeah, release. You must have played it before. Yes, we have. Yeah. yeah. That's good 
<laughs> that would be criminal if not. Um, cool. Thank you so much. Thank I could you. talk. I wanted to say this. <laughs> I could talk Matroni forever, <laughs> but we must go because it's sweltering. It is um, quite hot. But could you pick a track for us to play out today? Yeah, I think um, I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick "Walking in the Dark," which is which is kind of out. Been out for a little while, but it's like. It's kind of my favourite still from the record. Amazing. Thank you. Joe, thank you so, so much. <laughs> thank you. That was Metronomy and Walking in the Dark. Huge thanks, as always, to Joe. Always a pleasure having him on the show. Metronomy Forever is out in under two weeks. Pre-orders of the Rough Trade exclusive orange vinyl are sold out online, but if you hit up our shops on the 13th, um, a copy can be yours. So as mentioned at the beginning of the show, George is actually away on his holidays this week. Lucky him. So our shop voicemails were a little lonely, but he will be back 
next time. And in the meantime, if you are local to Rough Trade NYC and a fan of Charlie XCX, make sure you hop on down to the store on Saturday, September the 14th, where she'll be signing copies of her new album, Charlie, from 5.30pm. You can, of course, get all the details at roughtrade.com slash events for that one. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, we are anticipating the new Bombay Bicycle Club album pre-order arriving pretty much any minute. But until then, I think you ought to hear the new single. It's called Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You. It's been five flipping long years since their last album. So we're more than ready for new material. And yeah, excited to see what next year's fifth album will bring. Here we go.
was Bombay Bicycle Club, end of the show. And it's also technically the end of our essentials focus for this summer. Though I do reckon I'm going to probably dip back in and out of them going forward because there's just so many classics to relive. And I actually really enjoy doing this every week. Um, But for this week, it only seemed fitting to marry the show with the recent 25th anniversary of Oasis's debut. Definitely maybe massive record, loved by millions an unavoidable album, whether you love them or hate them, really. Um, I think it still sounds as fresh today as it did back then. Um, But yeah, you can currently grab this on a special limited edition double silver vinyl at Rough Trade UK. It's just, it's an absolute icon. So not really any surprise that it is part of our essentials range. But um, because it's so iconic, and I feel like, I'm going to get judged on whatever track I pick. I decided to throw it out to you guys. And a little bit earlier um, in the week on Twitter, I put it up on as a poll, sort of with four tracks. And I asked you guys to whittle it down. And yeah, this is the one that got the vote. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you next week. Bye.
Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.